0: Here we are in the third book of the Bible already, the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus has been the graveyard for many people committed to reading through the Bible in a year. They start in on Genesis and there's... or one that you always wanted to own or whatever. And really, the book of Leviticus is about restoration. And I I want to bring up a visual here that would maybe help us to understand this. This is just some picture that I randomly, I think it, it, it is a Plymouth. I know that. And if you can tell me what year it is. After the service, I'd be mildly curious. I think it's about a 52 Plymouth, okay? But on the left is Genesis and a good part of Exodus. And then there is liberation from the domination of sin in the book of Exodus And in Leviticus, and we'll be touching, this isn't working? I thought I turned it on, but I must have shut it off, right? Sorry about that. We're talking about broken things right here, okay? Okay? In the book of Leviticus, it is teaching us, teaching Israel how to raise your but most of us when when we think of holiness we don't think of something as, as joyous. We don't think of something as, as um, making it better than it was. We usually think of it as something, man, a list of regulations that I have to keep. That, quite honestly, I find burdensome or a list of things that that God says no don't do that separate from sin and honestly we tend to have a a heart that is fond of sin and so we we don't see it as something we'll be coming back to this but picture God's instruction in our life for holiness he's finding this junk up old car out in a barnyard lot somewhere and he says this isn't what you were made for. I am going to restore you to your original plan and purpose. And I am going to to minister and and bring a, a sense of of holiness or wholeness in your life. And as as we see that, it will change our attitude toward the holiness of God. The book of Leviticus deals with two things that we need to know in this life. Number one, In this life, we need to know the way to God. We were made, as we've seen in Genesis, we were made to fellowship with God. That's what we were designed for. So, in order to know the way to God, we must know what God is like. And in the book of Leviticus, it spells out clearly for us, Through the law, and in a detailed amendment to the law of Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, he spells out to show, basically, summing up, the purpose of the law is to show how unapproachable we are to God. Every detail has to be done exactly. And and this is because God is separate from sin. In Leviticus chapters 1 through 7, he gives the laws of purification of personal proximity. How can I get close to God? And it's only by These sacrifices, the burnt sacrifice, and the grain sacrifice, and the peace offering, and the sin offering, and the trespass offering. We are aware of our brokenness. And in us, there is a longing to be whole and complete. We are we are broken as individuals and our world is broken. We mistake lies for truth. We fail to understand our very purpose for being here. So God must step into our life and give us help from outside of ourselves which only He can give. And if we refuse that help, then we will continue to be the broken, salvaged piece of junk in the barnyard lot. But beyond that, we will be separated from God for all eternity. The law made clear God's holiness And Jesus alone met those requirements so that anyone that draws close to the Holy God must come through Him. All these sacrifices, and and we don't have time to go into them today, they're all pointing toward this is a sacrifice that must be kept and there's only one that could meet and keep and offer those sacrifices, and that was Jesus Christ alone. He is the final sacrifice. So in this life, we need to know the way to God, and, and tonight we'll be talking in more detail about the sacrifice Christ gave and the feast of the book of Leviticus, and how they fit into our life today, but we need to know the way to God, and then secondly, we must know how to walk with God. It is one thing: I am a sinner, I am broken, and I need to be made whole and and I, the only way I can be made whole is is in God through Jesus Christ he Comes into my life, I understand he died to pay the penalty for my sin. I call upon him for forgiveness. I am made a child of his, but now it is important for me to walk with God. And this is the holiness process. This is what we read in Leviticus chapter 19. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Incidentally, the book of Leviticus has percentage-wise more times of direct quotations of God than any other book in the Bible, where it says, The Lord spoke. And you find over and over again in this book, as in Leviticus 19, 1 and 2, Leviticus 20 and verse 26, where he said, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus speaks more about holiness than any other book in the Bible. It mentions holy, it mentions blood, it mentions the priest and sacrifice, Those four things are repeated more in the book of Leviticus than in any other book. Because it's all involved in bringing us to God and then having us walk with God. The word that we use in English, holiness, comes from the same old English word from which we get the word wholeness meaning complete, meaning health, and even salvation. So if you would think of holiness as wholeness, and I'm not sure I'm even making the enunciation clear that you understand, holiness as W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S, that God wants to bring us to Him, But then he says, I want to make you whole. I want to make you complete. Now, there's a whole different attitude between holiness being this long list of things, do or not do, and understanding God's purpose behind the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. To make us complete. Don't be turned off by the word holy in the book of Leviticus. As I said, most people associate it with some kind of grimness. They they allow it to have some sort of adverse effect on them of, of robbing them all the joy Your wholeness or holiness is the key to honoring God. I'm certain, going back to the image of the vehicle that we had, not that you need to go back to it now, but I am certain that there are vehicles that individuals have started restoring that they've never finished. The work of the Holy Spirit, notice Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is to restore us to the original design and purpose of God. The Holy Spirit was given to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit comes and He convicts us. And He he is the one that shows us we are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. We are destined to be separated from God. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts us. It is the Holy Spirit then that shows us although there is no hope for you in and of yourself, there is hope in Jesus Christ. He is the sacrifice that gave himself to be the final sacrifice for all mankind to forgive you sin, forgive your sins, and bring you back to God. But once we are adopted into God's family, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and he begins this work of holiness or making us whole and complete. So when the Holy Spirit prompts you and said, you know what, you weren't too eager to get in on this Bible program this year, but you need to get in on, uh, I don't have to. We see it as the Holy Spirit prompting us something else that I need to do. We need to see it as the Holy Spirit trying to restore me, make me whole. Do I want to be this lousy looking, paint faded, green Plymouth in a barnyard? Or do I want to be to the honor and glory of God? That when people see my life, they say, God did a great work there. And this is what Leviticus is about and the details he's showing us. You cannot do this. You need God. And then the work of God in bringing to us this wholeness, rather than resisting the Spirit of God, we need to submit to it. I see Genesis as the act of the Father, the Creator. I understand it was the Trinity, I see Exodus as the liberator, Jesus Christ. I see Leviticus as the working of the Spirit of God to produce holiness in our lives. And as you look at the book of Exodus, and we're just, we're not even going into the outline or anything like that today, but as you look at the book of Exodus, there are some Levitical lessons for all of us. And these are general, overall. Number one, God is the boss. As I mentioned, Leviticus contains a higher percentage of direct words of God than any other book of the Bible. And it is basically saying, thus says the Lord. And he can say it because he is the boss. He says, I am the Lord your God. It appears 42 times in Leviticus, and it reminds Israel who their authority is. Every one of us come and say in our minds, why should I do something? And God said, because he has the authority, I am the Lord your God. This is why you should do it. I am the boss. Secondly, because he is the boss, God has set requirements for fellowship with him and for worship of him. We get this idea that God ought to be, God ought to be grateful for anything that we give him. He, I mean, he, he, we almost have this idea that he's a pauper. Oh, would you give me some praise? Would you give me some time? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. for. No, he is worthy of all. And he has said, those that come to me, these are the requirements. Those that worship me, these are the requirements. And we read in the book of Leviticus chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu, sons of the priesthood came and offered profane fire to God and God said no. And he struck them down. Not, not every worship is accepted by God. And if you want to know the truth, the majority of man's worship is not accepted by God. Read, read through the prophets and you'll find that out. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I bring my gift to the altar and know that I have ought in my heart toward my brother, he says... Don't even offer your gift. God sets the parameters, the requirements for fellowship with Him and worship of Him. Thirdly, there is only one way to access the Father and that is by the blood of Jesus Christ. Leviticus shows that the only way to be separate from sin is through blood. It is mentioned over 80 times in this short book and it makes clear that sin comes at an awful cost. I mean, if you've been reading this, you 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 have to be struck with the the Immensity of this. Blood is mentioned more than any other subject in the book of Leviticus. And it shows that sin is awful and that sin makes a bloody mess of things. Honestly. The tabernacle would look more like a slaughtering house than it does what we would think of as a tabernacle, as a temple. I mean, think of it in this. It it looked more like the Milo locker than it does the church. Why did he give that visual? I'm not saying the Milo locker is dirty. I'm saying there's blood everywhere, right? Why is he giving us that visual? To see the awfulness of sin. And, and we we tend to minimize sin. And, and God wanted to show the children of Israel, no, your sin demands your sacrifice and it demands blood. Thankfully, we don't need the blood of animals because the blood of Jesus Christ covers all our sin. But you read through the book of Leviticus and you learn that a relationship with God is very personal. When an Israelite worshiper laid his hand on the animal victim, he identified himself with the animal as his substitute. There was a symbolic transfer of his sin to the animal and it was his animal that he was offering that he brought and in so doing he transferred his guilt to the animal victim which is a symbol of when we trust Jesus Christ for our sin, we have personally transferred the guilt and the penalty and the power of our sin to the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And it is a very personal thing to shed the blood of this animal, meaning my sin requires this It's a personal relationship. Charles Simon, one of the greatest preachers in England years ago, explained his coming to Christ like this. He said, As I was reading on the Lord's Supper, I met with the expression to this effect that the Jews knew what they did when they transferred their sin to the head of their offering. The thought came into my mind, What, may I transfer all my guilt to another? Has God provided an offering for me that I may lay my sins on his head? Then, God willing, I will not bear them on my own soul one moment longer. And accordingly, I sought to lay my sins upon the head, the sacred head of Jesus." You understand, we read about bring the, bring the lamb or bring the goat, bring these various offerings. But as Hebrews says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And it is very, very, very personal. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for the rest of your family. It is a personal thing that we must lay our sin On the sacred head of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And when we do, the Holy Spirit of God comes into our life and we learn that God's ways are given to bring wholeness in every area of our life. As you get in and read through the book of Leviticus, you will find there will be laws that are given regarding some very, very practical things of life, from sexuality to relationships with other people to when people die. God's ways are given to bring wholeness in every area of life. He gave those laws to Israel to protect them, to bring wholeness. I don't have time. I don't know if we'll have time tonight, but some of those laws were moral laws that go with the nature of God. Some of them were ceremonial laws for the theocracy of Israel, and and they applied... Purely to Israel. But in all God's doing, He was doing it for what was best to bring wholeness, holiness to them. The Spirit of God is at work in your life and He found you as this jumped out vehicle and He rescued us And He continues to work on us and continues to bring us to wholeness. So the Spirit of God convicts you of something. The Spirit of God puts you in a situation that that maybe you wouldn't have chosen, but He says, I'm going to produce some good things here. And He wants to affect every area of our life. Do you understand if we submit to God in every area of our life, we will know the very best of God. God still has moral laws that apply to every area of life. There is nothing more practical than the Word of God. And God's laws are not, oh, why did he give that? That's kind of hard to do. Well, you know, if, the vehicle they'll bring it up here and you can go ahead and do that if the vehicle that was found they bring a grinder out and say we got to grind this before we can fix this fender i got to knock out this dent those are some difficult things if the vehicle had a a heart and soul and a mind it would say i don't like this and the one restoring it says You'll like it when you see what, what it's going to be when we're done. And there are things that the Spirit of God in our life begins to work. And remember, He's calling us to holiness or to wholeness. He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you a vessel to God's honor and glory. And again, it's understanding holiness is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's wholeness. It's completeness. It's, it's something, if you were walking down the street and saw two cars like that, you'd immediately be drawn to the refinished one. And God wants to make us whole. And send us out in this world of darkness. And and to bring hope and help to others. And the message of Leviticus is holiness. Or wholeness. By the way to God. And then how to walk with God. God isn't content in just saving you and I. He isn't content in just... Just rescuing us from hell. He wants to make us whole and complete. And He keeps doing that. We've been going over in the parenting class in Sunday school that God's using kids and reveals their hearts to show our hearts and and to deal in our lives to make us whole. To, to make us to be wow, yeah God, I, that's what I want to be. Not a refinished Plymouth, but a a vessel that is restored for what you made it to be. Holiness to the Lord. Wholeness to God. Only by the blood of Jesus Christ and the working of God's Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray today that we would be set free from The deceptions of what holiness is, and that we would come to see exactly what you designed us to be, to know the holiness of you. Lord, I pray that if there are individuals here today who have never personally Applied the blood of Jesus Christ to their sin that today would be the day of application and liberation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then Lord, I pray for every believer here that we would understand the joy of holiness that we would be committed to being made whole as men and women, as husbands and fathers and wives and mothers and children. And Lord, I pray that your wholeness would permeate every area of our lives and that we indeed would be vessels unto honor, fit for your use. Lord, forgive us where we've had an aversion to your holiness. Forgive us for not valuing the blood as we ought. And forgive us for not submitting to you and your ways. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's stand together.